to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. This is the one podcast that is more hard-hitting than the NFL Pro Bowl. Uh, you can find oh. us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I am joined today by Sean Bergovin. Uh, thank you, thank you. Bill in today. Um, Sean, how you doing, man? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I will say I did not watch any of the two-hand touch that turned that the Pro Bowl has turned into. I watched – here's the thing, man. I watched the highlights, and one of the big highlights of the day is when Mac Jones was getting called down on, like, a four-yard run, and he just kept running it into the end zone. And <laughs> – he wasn't even he wasn't even touched and everybody nobody touched me. <laughs> I touched him. No, you didn't. Yeah. I will say that, you know, if it if it was true football, Alvin Kamara probably wouldn't be arrested. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, he'd probably be sore and nice in himself and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. But uh yeah, I mean, God, even Michigan State's basketball team was hitting harder than that. They got blown out. Oh, yeah. That's where we're going to start uh, in regard to this today. Um, Look, here's the thing. Rutgers is different. That's all I'm going to say, man. (laughs) Like, in this that I said the other day on the podcast is Rutgers is a team that when they are at home, they are a top five team. In the nation, and they play so well. And part of it is, is you got to look at a guy like Geo Baker, who's been there for forty-five years, and <laughs> his level of comfort with the gym. And Ron Harper Jr. starting to look like Ron Harper Sr. Um, he's been there a while as well. And then you have uh, that guard version of Ethan Happ who roasted Michigan State, had like 15-9 and nine or something like that. I don't even know what the kid's name is, for being completely honest. But look, Gabe Brown finally stepped up, but nobody else did. And that's one of the problems with not having a consistent go-to guy. And one of the things that I've always said about – one of the things that I've been starting to say about this team, rather, is this Michigan State team that they're deep enough and good enough to go to a Final Four, but they don't have that overwhelming talent to where, you know what, they could also be a first-round knockout. Well, so that's the thing, right, is 100% agree with you about Rutgers in Piscataway. I don't understand what it is, but, I mean, they're like, they are phenomenal when they're at home. Right. Unfortunately for Rutgers, they're become the tournament is not played in Piscataway. So they'll never yeah. actually win anything. But yeah. with that, the Michigan State's greatest strength on the court is that there is no superstar. There is no Cassius. There's no Denzel, Miles Bridges. There's nobody, hey, we're gonna key on this guy, and make everybody else beat us, right? There is none right. of that. That's their greatest strength. It's also their greatest weakness because There is nobody that is like, I'm going to will this team to a win. Like Aaron Henry last year took over, what was it, like five or six games towards the end of the season where he's like, no, we're making the tournament. This is not going to be the team that doesn't make the tournament. Right? And he just willed it. He had the talent. He had had that 
the talent and the athletic ability to do that. We have guys who have the athletic ability. We have guys who have the talent. We just don't have anybody that has shown they can put both of them together and the willpower and desire. The closest we have is Malik Hall. And I like him. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about Malik Hall. Yeah, I love Malik Hall. Yeah, but, I mean, it's he's, he's on the bench. He's not one of your starters. And that's not necessarily, yeah. like, that's not a knock on any of the five starters. But he's oh, out there. I'll knock on one of the five starters. If you want oh, I'm, I know you will. <laughs> and ironically, he plays Malik Hall's position. But here's the thing is Hall is a starter for all intents and purposes. He is... I mean, he, he is a starter. Let's be real. He gets the starter minutes. That said, he's uh, he's probably the most consistent player for Michigan State, but he's not – he doesn't have that punch that Brown and, you know, even a guy like Christie has shown. Yeah. And, and, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's that problem, right, is – He's, he is your most consistent, but it's kind of like, aside from, well, I think it was Seton Hall last year, right, where he had his, like, coming out game. Aside yeah. from a couple a couple games in his career, the dude the dude is, like, probably the quietest, like, 10 to 15-point scorer I've ever seen. Like, yeah. he has a couple great plays, but, I mean, and he's consistent. He gets that, you know, those double-digit points, but it's just like, hey, oh, yeah, Malik Hall ended with 15 points. Okay, cool. But, I mean, uh, what was it, uh, Maryland? Where he's like, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna score the game winner, right? Most of his points are just they're solid. They're there's nothing to take away from it. It's just it's not this like clutch in the moment thing. And I think I thought when we saw uh, Maryland uh, him score that game winner against Maryland, I really thought that was gonna be the. All right, so we had a little technical difficulty. We think we've got it corrected right now, but yeah, yeah we'll I mean that, that's that's pretty much what. They is you know they're good they have enough depth to where if something isn't going well if someone's not playing well they can replace them for that's that could be a big key uh come march but look at this point it's the middle of february uh you got the tough stretch with osu purdue michigan at the end of the year because for whatever reason michigan state has to cater to michigan Again, yeah. even though Michigan can keep it under control. Um, and then uh, you got that. You got March coming up. Like, it, it's hard to – and you knew this team wasn't going to win the Big Ten. At the same time, I didn't think they'd be as good – capable of being. But yeah. this, this is not what I expected from the team. And, look, a loss in Piscataway is not a big deal. Purdue got one. I think Wisconsin almost had one. Michigan State plays Wisconsin. I feel more comfortable about that game than I did the last one. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Michigan State can handle that. Uh, Michigan's got Penn State, but they took a loss to Purdue. They actually looked okay, and Dickinson was efficient, which really threw me off considering the fact that he's going against a guy like Edie, who's got about five inches on Marcus Bingham. And <laughs> I, I – I thought that that was going to cause all sorts of problems for U of M, but instead that ended up being the only thing that was working was going at him. Yeah. Uh, well, in Michigan, I, I, I think part of it is Howard. Howard is still trying to figure out who he has. I mean, when you bring in what, what was it like the number two class or number one class in the country, you've got a bunch yeah. of talent. Like the talent is there. That is not a question. 
The question is, is can he get it to gel? And I'll be honest, last three months, not really. Like you, you saw it. I mean, they're, they're flirting with 500, probably going to miss the NIL. I mean, they're probably going to miss the tournament and bound for the NIT, right? But at the same time, if they go on a decent run like Michigan State did last year, right, then who knows? They could sneak their way into the playing game. They could sneak in as a you know an 11 seed or what have you. But there is a – I mean, they have the talent. The question is, is can they put it all together in time to put together a good enough resume to actually make the tournament, right? They've got – they can drop maybe two more games before they're just like – they're like, yeah, hey, sorry, you're bound for the NIT. And, and here's the thing is, look, Penn State, you're out here – I mean, you should get a win. Yep. You know, um, but the thing is, is for Juwan Howard's offense, Juwan Howard's offense is an NBA-style offense. Um, now there's the regression of basketball, as I call it, where your best player is your ball handler, you know, like, uh, like everybody used to do when you're playing third grade ball, the best player just you do is run one pick and roll. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's what Michigan's offense is, except it's, it's this NBA offense, except they don't have a guy who can handle the ball like that. They you know Graham is all right, I guess. Um, Jackson's whatever, you know, Eli Brooks might be your best option, but they have him playing off ball. This is just, it's just a weird situation. You don't have the talent and the depth at the wing spot, which I thought they would have with Houston and Williams. And you don't have it at the point guard spot. And so that, I think having that and then trying to run an NBA offense is just a disaster waiting to happen. It, it is. And, and, that's, and that's the ultimate problem with, with like an NBA offense in the NCAA, right? There's, what, 300 and some NCAA basketball teams, Division One basketball teams, right? Yeah. That is, even at 13-man, even at 13-man rosters, that talent gets spread out significantly more than we see in football, right? So, I mean... We saw Steph Curry comes from like Davidson, I think, or Santa Clara. Um, you know, you have Steve Nash. Like the talent is spread out, so it's not like the NBA where there's you know 15 man rosters and there's like 30 teams and the best of the best are in the NBA. So the problem is, is he may have like the number one class, but he still doesn't have that talent. He doesn't have that point guard that can like legitimately run an offense. He's got the. I I want to say this that that. He has the talent. The talent is there, but he doesn't have the talent that can do what he wants it to do, right? He can. You can have five big men. You can have five versions of Carl Anthony Towns, but that's not going to win you. Any, that's not going to win you a tournament because it just you have five of the same kind of guy, right? And they don't have that true point guard right now. They don't have. They don't have a Cassius Winston or even a Jeff Jackson, right? Yeah. They don't have. They don't have somebody that like okay. Game on the line. He knows what play he's going to run. He can score, but he's going to be looking for that pass to the to the off ball shooter, right? But yeah, yeah he, they just don't have it. Yeah, and uh, it look it, they they've got the ability. You know, if Dickinson can be efficient from the field consistently, uh, you know, then they'll be really good. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw it with you. Um, you Wagner got. Yeah, the problem is is. He can't play defense. He gives up as many points as he takes, and it's just. And that was, it, that was, yeah. And when he's the, 
when he is supposed to be the guy on the team, like the combination of all of that's, I mean, it's a disaster. I don't want to say a disaster waiting to happen, actually. It, it just to a mediocrity. Is yeah, what it well, does. He's, and, he, he's the basketball version of Jameis Winston is what it is. He's going he's gonna to score 50 touchdowns, but he's going to throw 50 picks. I yep. mean, it's what it is. He, he'll get his, but is, is it if it the net zero? If it's a net zero game, he gives up twenty five points and scores twenty five points. Is he is he really contributing to your team there? Nope. So just my and, just my. Opinion. Yep, that's pretty much just. I mean, that's pretty much it. And uh, look, like we said, Michigan should get back to their winning ways on Tuesday. Michigan State, they have a good one. They should win, but. Again, you know, never discount. Amen. Yeah, never yeah. discount the Nutcracker, Brad Davison. Yeah. So, same. All right. Let Let's get to it. This is what uh, we've been waiting for. I know this is what you've been waiting for to talk about. Is Josh Gaddis is leaving the University of Michigan? Now, here Here's the deal. You and I are both Michigan State fans. We have seen a collapse of epic proportion. When you look at teams post college football playoff appearance, Michigan yes, State went three and nine, massive youth movement, um, you know, some turmoil and all that type of stuff as far as the players go. And that's ultimately what happens when you bring in a dirt bag like Curtis Blackwell and you get guys like Austin Robertson, Josh King, Demetric Vance, Donnie Corley, Justin Lane, who are all starters for Michigan's. Am- Oh, yeah, Malik McDowell, who are all yep. starters to their first year on campus. And then when you look at uh, what they uh, accomplished, um, like they were all starters their first year on campus, but at the same time, they weren't mature. And in most cases, they still aren't. Malik McDowell being an example, Justin Lane being an example, and Mark D'Antonio kind of threw out the – or I don't know if D'Antonio threw it out or Curtis Blackwell didn't abide by. You know, we need to get high-character guys as well as quality football players. And Michigan State ended up going 3-9. and nine. Yep. And that – at and, well, that's obviously a massive collapse from the college football playoff and all that type of stuff. Michigan has already collapsed, it seems like. You lose your defensive coordinator, which I don't know if he was more or less set up on, as like an internship basis anyways for a year. Yeah. And, uh, I okay. see that. Yeah. So I, but, I will – okay. I will – Yeah, before, we'll talk about before, that and then we'll get into the Gattis stuff. So I will, I will give Jim Harbaugh credit here in saying that that one necessarily isn't on him. I think, like you said, this was John, hey, let him be your defensive coordinator. And then John Harbaugh's like, oh, crap, he's really good. Let me pull him back up to the pro level, right? So it's not like it's a lateral move. It is a promotion because he's now a defensive coordinator in the NFL where he wants to be, right? I, I don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody really truly wants to work for Jim Harbaugh, but... Um, that's, I don't really fault him and say, oh, this is completely like his fault and all, all of that. No, the, so. the, yeah, I don't, I don't think this one's on Jim. And look, when you look at these teams, a lot of, uh, 
a lot of teams that go to the playoffs often have their coordinators fold, and Alabama does that recycle thing every year. Yeah, you know, I mean, Clemson, was, uh, Clemson was the oddity out with uh, Tony Elliott and Brent Venables, right? Like, they yeah. finally got pulled. So, but, well, so, I will... so that type of stuff happens. Yeah. However, you don't often get a coach that leaves, sends out a text message to the players saying, look, uh, don't stay where you're not appreciated. And yeah. that's what Josh Gaddis did. And I don't know what the – status of that entire thing is but I have a but that you have to put on Jim Harbaugh 100% and, well, and when okay. you look at Jim Harbaugh's history everywhere he goes Stanford San Francisco and everywhere that he's went it's burned to the ground come out and they have spoken against him and talked yeah. about how he completely destroyed the culture um and then he leaves he might actually be in the building as he sets it on fire this time. Yes. So, okay. So talking to Michigan fans, right? I talked like four of them because they're tolerable. Um, I, uh, I will say that. That's a personal. Well, yeah. Um, I will say like, uh, I put it probably 80% on Harbaugh and 20% on Manuel Ward for like the athletic director. Right. Because uh, Ward Manuel, sorry. Um, yeah, but I put whatever he's been MIA for two years. Yes, I put it on him because apparently like Jim came out and said, yep, if I, if I get offered the job, I'm going to take it. Right. And I mean, we can touch on how he never actually had the job offer and it wasn't going to come that day. You you know, your head interview on national signing day is just a bad look. Um, but so they were planning for Jim to leave. And so Mm -hmm. apparently Josh Gaddis was told by uh, Ward Manuel that he was uh, not a he was not a candidate for the head coaching position. Now, Josh Gaddis, who was the nation's best assistant, then doesn't is not sticking around Michigan. He took a lateral to, for all intents and purposes, a program that is further down on the pecking order than Michigan at Miami. Yeah. Now, uh, you can we can have that argument about you know because based upon last season. You know, but they did just hire Mario Cristobal. They're pumping a ton of money into that program, trying to get back to the U, right? So it, you can argue they're comparable, right? But you don't see the nation's top assistant take a lateral position, like yeah. they and Michigan fans are all. It's like when Dar, it's like when Narduzzi was with Antonio. I'm like, Narduzzi turned on a bunch of jobs until he got a head coaching gig at a job at a place he wanted to be. Right. Yeah. That's not, he didn't take a lateral position. He didn't go, Oh, I'm going to go be the defensive coordinator at UCLA. Right. Yeah. Or something like that. It's now I'm going to go be a head coach at Pitt. And it was one of those things kind of kicking the nuts, but we all kind of understood, Hey, he wants, he wants to be a head coach. And it's a power five program. It's not like he wants to go be the head coach at like, uh, you know, uh, Western Kentucky or something. Right. Yeah. So not, not really, uh, not really comparable there. And then no, when you it- look at it, Oh, yeah. And then when you look at uh, M- Mike McDonald, right? And Mike McDonald looked at it and goes, okay, I'm losing a top five draft pick in, in Hutchinson. I'm losing the, um, I'm losing a first round draft pick in David Ojabo. And then like all of his other like stars on the defense have left. They all either, de- they all declared for the draft because like, Hey, we're, we, made that, we made the college football playoffs. We're not competing with Bama. My stock's never going to get higher. So let's bounce. And they all did. And then the same thing on the offense. 
right? So you're all, so as far as returning stars to Michigan from last year, you have Blake Corum, you have Anthony Ardrell, and you have uh, JJ McCarthy slash uh, the uh, That's all you have. That's all you have. So a lot of these coaches are like, I'm getting offers from other places where my head coach interviewed for an NFL job on national signing day deuces. Now with the early signing period, you know, it really doesn't matter because Michigan, I don't think really signed anybody on national signing day, right? Like their class was pretty much. No, the the only people that really signed were the studs of the studs. Yeah. Like that's when Alabama and Georgia and Ohio state fill out their classes, right? Like, the top 30 kids in the country are still like, oh, hey, where am I going to go? Am I going to go to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State? You know, those kinds of guys. Yeah. So, but in reality, like, this this is a lose-lose for Michigan and Michigan fans, to be perfectly honest. This is a lose-lose. Because yeah. you, have, you have your head coach actively trying to leave the program and then not getting the job. It's not like, oh, and there's no spinning this of, oh, he wanted to come back to Michigan. No, he blatantly told everybody, I'm taking the job if I get offered it. And he didn't yeah, get and it you, off. You can go. There are, there are, I mean, parents of recruits have come out and said that. And that that's the thing is you don't have an offensive coordinator. You don't have a defensive coordinator. And look, Michigan State kind of shuffled together a staff. Uh, and that includes the head coach um, around this time when you look at uh, – the timing of uh, D'Antonio's um, resignation. You know what I mean? And so yeah. you, it's possible to put together a staff, and so I'm not saying it's impossible, but to get two guys who are going to replicate and have the same type of success that McDonald had and that Gaddis had, to get two guys like that is so, it's, it, it's difficult, and it's yeah. really difficult when they don't know if after next year – what if Harbaugh gets a call yeah. and says, well, he, you're our number one candidate as long as you don't come in and, like, you know, sleep the, over with the owner's, like, grandkids yeah. or something like that. You've got the job. Like, that – to to the like, Harbaugh would take that. And Absolutely. so nobody – no elite coordinator is going to come out and – going to take a job under when there's no stability for beyond a season. And and so look like, absolutely. And part of the problem, right? Jim Harbaugh has been there seven, eight years now. He's had how many different coordinators? I mean, there's no staff stability at all. He has no, they, no one has any loyalty to the place. The bet the the best coaches that he has on his roster is or on his staff is Mike Hart, Mike and Mike Hart's only ever been a running back coach, and he's been don't get me wrong Mike Hart has been a damn good running back coach, like he's produced some talent when he was at Indiana and Michigan, but they're talking oh yeah Mike Hart will get the OC job, uh okay let's see how that goes I can tell you you're gonna try to run the ball. Like, well, and I mean, to be completely fair, it worked for him last year, so whatever. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there, this is this isn't a good look. No, you have a coach that would rather have 32 other jobs at least. Um, you you don't have an offensive coordinator, you don't have a defensive coordinator. Like I said, look, you, you may go out and you may find someone just as successful for one of those two positions. Yep. You're, you're, the odds of you hitting both of them. 
that are hard. rare. And if you and if you don't hit on defense with everything that Michigan lost, including Ross Hill, Hutchinson, Ojabo, if you don't hit on defense, you're in trouble. Yeah. If mean, you don't hit, if you don't hit on offense between McNamara and Corum and Andrew Anthony and Ronnie Bell coming back and is all coming back? Uh, n- yes, all's coming back. Yeah, and the, those guys, I mean, you you might be able to find that, but now you're going to be in the same quarterback situation that me and Jeremy talked about all last season. Yeah, so and the- you're going to end up losing one of those guys, and. Mm-hmm. If well, McCarthy's not ready for a big game, which, I mean, look, you can sit there and say, oh, you're just saying that because you're a Sparty. You saw how well he played, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I saw him against Michigan State and I saw him against Georgia. So you can do the math thing. Um, yeah. Th- those are the big games, and McCarthy wasn't ready for it. And, yeah, part of it may be just because he's a freshman, but some people don't ever get over that. And, I mean, I'm not trying to dog him. It is what it is. I'm yeah. You've got to look at both sides, both sides of the spectrum here. And so, so you've we, got all of this stuff going on in the football program. It, it's not going to last. Well, so let's hold on. Let let, let let's let's have a. I know we've talked about this. Let's have a conversation real quick. What is the prevailing theory on why Mark D'Antonio retired? Right. It was constantly getting tied to the Nasser schedule, Nasser scandal, and it's like. He, he, it was wearing on him. I mean, he he was getting yeah. older, and it's just like I, I'm done. I don't want this, right? Yeah. Now, dude, dude, you, lo- dude gained five years back after he retired. Absolutely. And now you have the football program knowingly covering up assaults with it at U of M, and they just settled for what 480 million dollars with the football players, like yes, something like you, that. You would think that this would be like national news, like big headlines, you know, like ESPN would all write articles and everything. Harbaugh could have been trying to jump jump ship before any of that rolled out. So, because yeah. I'm just saying, just saying. Yeah, the, the, I'll, I'll put my the, conspiracy the, theories out in the world. Oh yeah, there's other conspiracy theories. <laughs> you talk about. Uh, Josh Gaddis as well, and some of the rumors floating around there. We're not going to talk about him on the show. But, yep. look, I mean, everything, all of that combined is uh, just a terrible look for a university that I'm supposed to be well, leader, Let's face it, let's face and... it, this has, this, has implode, this has imploded quicker in Michigan State. Now, yep. I'm not saying, now, I'm not saying Michigan's going to go 3-9 and nine next year. They're not bad enough. To go three and nine next year, they're not bad enough to go six and six next year. I don't even think this is a program though that is going to start dropping back to where they were. There is not a chance to replicate the success when you have lost what you've lost and you've done it the way that you've done it. Yep, you well, can't replicate we... the success that you had last season. Last season was a flash in the pan. If you can sit there and you can be like Michigan fans saying. Oh well, you know all uh, all that uh, McDonald had to do was just stop, you know, leaving uh, cover zero, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. Don Brown used to do. And at the same time, I've talked to Michigan fans, and they're sitting there and they're like, "Well, losing Gaddis isn't that big of a deal. What he had one good year, he was co-offensive coordinator, and they struggled and." This and that, and it's like you can make all the excuses you want. You also made an excuse for Harbaugh when he came back. And here's the thing: is it doesn't fly with me. You want to know why? Because Harbaugh would rather be 32 other places. Yeah, 
he doesn't want to be at Michigan anymore. And okay, so he, we, we've kind of, he he said he said sorry he he said look this is just one year thing just got to scratch this itch you know. But when you're talking to recruits about how close you were to Super Bowl and how bad you want a Super Bowl, guess what? Super yeah. Bowls are played every year. So you're going to get an opportunity to fight for another one. Yeah. So with that, right? With that, but we we've we've crapped on Jimmy a lot, right? Um, I will say he is not to blame here. He sees what he's facing. He sees that. Michigan has no attempt at kind of any kind of NIL deal for any True. of their players. They've got, they've got, they are being left behind because you have the regents and the president and everybody just being like, figure it out. Right. I mean, We're I Michigan, don't even know. Yeah, I don't even, yeah. I don't even know where, I don't even know if they're allowed to use the block M in any of their NIL stuff. Right. And that is where I will give Mel Tucker and Alan Haller and, all the credit in the world. They are seeing the writing on the wall. They are leading that charge. And they're like, NAL is the new standard and we are going to be on the forefront of it. Right. Quinn, Quinn Ewers making a million dollars off NIL at Ohio state. And he's, he only took like four snaps, right? Those things are going to happen, but they're going to be the outliers, right? Yeah. What, it, what matters is your offensive lineman who gets no credit, by the way, offensive linemen get no credit. People rarely know their names. Shout out to JD Duplain, Nick Samak, Matt Allen, all those guys, right? They, they're the ones that make the offense successful. Those uh-huh. guys, those guys are going to get, you know, through Matt Ashiba and Alan Haller and everybody, they're getting paid. They're getting paid. And guess who else is getting paid? The backup punter. The backup punter is getting paid. So it's not just your superstar making six figures. Everybody on Michigan State is is making money off NIL. And that is so crucial because guess what? Your superstars, they're great. They're awesome. But they don't necessarily win you national championships. You know, it's a 24-man game. And if 24 guys aren't aren't feeling the love, then guess what? It only it, it can fall apart really quickly. And I'll give Nick, I'll give Nick Saban credit there. He's managed to replicate that success over and over and over. So but yeah, it's one it, of those things. And I, no, I I 100% agree with you. But you know, once if Mich if Michigan ever comes when and if if and when whatever you want to say, if and when Michigan ever comes around to the NIL thing, they're going to be great at it. You have the history, you have the prestige of the program for whatever reason it still sells after 1950. Like you have, like you are a le- you could be a legitimate power player if you decided to jump on this, but you haven't jumped on this, but here's the thing. The second you played your first night game at the big house, you thought it was the greatest thing ever. You thought you invented it. The second you went to alternate jerseys, as opposed to the classic, this is Michigan, blah, blah, blah thing. Uh, you, you played that card well for about two years before you just stopped doing it. But when it was being played, I mean, you know, people were getting excited about it. Like, you have an opportunity to capitalize on the NIL thing. You're not doing it. That's, yeah, I mean, and between the, between that and the hockey program and everything going on there, Michigan basketball kind of spiraling out of control. Um, and all of the stuff we talked about, Dr. Anderson, we talked about Harbaugh leaving Gaddis and all that type yeah. of stuff going on with the football program. The fact that Ward Manuel has been incredibly quiet over the last two years since Jeff Jackson wrapped his wife's car around a freaking pole at three o'clock in the morning and nothing ever came of that. Um, 
the fact that Ward Manuel's not said anything since then is completely embarrassing. It is, and, it is, and it's a and, and the in co- the combination of everything just uh, didn't they just lose their president to some kind of undisclosed uh, relationship too? Yep. Yeah, I mean the the so the one thing I'll disagree with what you said is when Michigan gets involved with it, they'll be successful. I don't know. They have because the tools to be. They they do, but the flip side the flip side of that is if it's two, three, four years down the road, they're gonna be they're gonna go to people and be like, oh yeah, hey, we got a we got a hundred bucks, you know, we can give you a hundred bucks a month, and you're gonna have uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan State leading that charge of, oh yeah, hey, you come here, you got deals with this place and this place and this place, and it's like another two thousand dollars a month just going in your pocket. Right. Like, yeah, Yeah. they have Stephen Ross. They have a large, rich alumni base that can pull Matashiba kind of money out of it. The question is, will they? Because they have unrealistic expectations. Right. We heard it when Tucker got his contract. Oh, you guys overpaid, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he went 11 and and two. Yeah. I'm like, he went 11 and two in his second, in his second season. Right. Like, he's, he has transformed Michigan State football as far as like what we expect with recruiting and what we expect on the field. And yeah, we may take a step back this year, but I don't think we're taking a step back to six and six. I think no. worst case next season, it's eight and four, depending upon the line. Right. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things. Like it's all about changing expectations. Nick Saban came in and changed expectations and the, the president, the board, everything screwed that up royally. And we ended up with Bobby Williams and then John L Smith. And then they managed to pull their head out of their rear ends. And we got Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio came in, made it made it what it was, right? Like this blue collar chip on the shoulder. We're going to work harder than everybody, and we're gonna we're just going to put our nose to the grindstone, beat everybody, right? And then he's like, "This is a family atmosphere. Every top recruit we got, it was it was always it's all about family there. Like it just feels yep. like family." And then you have Tucker coming in, and he's got the swag, he's got the social media down, he's got the presence, he's connecting with these kids, and they're still saying. It feels like family. Tucker is Tucker. Tucker has taken and improved and morphed what D'Antonio built, right? Yep. But he's connecting with these kids in a way that I've I've never seen at Michigan State. I've never seen a coach just. I mean, we and he's making the right hires. He's changing the game. The Brandon Johns hire. I mean, I don't. That was huge. That was huge. I mean, we we landed a four star like a week after it. This. I mean, the the moves he's making. Like, I am very excited and very optimistic about the future of Michigan State football, which, hey, I'll be perfectly honest, two years ago, I was not. No. But I don't know how – You and I were on the same train there. Exactly. I don't know how a Michigan fan can look at the current state of their program and their athletic department and go, you know what? I like where we are. It's it's like the gif of the kid on the computer giving a thumbs up, like, yeah, this is good. No, your, your program is in shambles. Yes, you have a head coach. Yes, you're Michigan. But at the end of the day, it comes down to wins. Do we think they're going to beat Ohio State next year? Ohio State had their worst defense in like 15 years, and Michigan beat them, and Ohio State gave up. So I don't know. Will they beat Ohio State? Will they beat Michigan State? Probably not. They probably won't beat Michigan State. Like, I mean, so you look at it, and it's you're going to end up with the September Heisman because their early schedule is garbage. Like it, it's trash. They're going to go into the Michigan State game probably. I think six and zero, five or five and zero, whatever they, whatever how many ever games they have. Hey, Sean, right? Sean, yeah. But we got to get rolling here. Oh, so, okay. No I, I know we we went on it, but uh, 
Hey, for Strong for COVID, I'm Tyler Hayward. This is Trouble with Snap.